Hello, and welcome to the Destiny Church Podcast. We trust that this will be a great encouragement to you and build your faith. Enjoy today's message. We're excited to have you guys hanging out with us today. It's a different season, different Father's Day. Um, I was talking to several of my pastor friends this week just about um, that have opened their churches, that have opened their doors, and I said, how is your, you know, we all talk about attendance. How is your attendance? And, and uh, you know, before we get going, just one thing I want to say, and I want st- to, I feel like it's something we actually need to pray about for the church. Um, I think we were out, were we out of the building 12 weeks, or was it 13 weeks? 12, 13 weeks. Some of them still have not gone back in, and uh, most of my pastor friends that I've talked to that have opened their doors fully like we have, um, with, you know, the little bit of restrictions that we put in place, but they're running between 50 and 60 percent capacity of people that have come back to church. And I know there's some people that have some concerns for COVID, and we have several of those in our church, and we've encouraged them to stay home, and uh, we want them to be safe. But there's a lot of people that have just stopped coming back to church, and they found that, you know what, I'm just going to watch church at home, and we're going to do that, and we're going to continue. We're improving our online presentation every single week. We want to do a better job of that. But I just feel like um, I just feel like we just some, one of the things we even need to pray about as men is dads. We just need to make sure we're bringing our families to the house of God um, because I believe that's important, and I believe it's I believe it's necessary to raise and lead our families in yeah. the right way. And yeah. so uh, that's not a that's not a slam towards anybody that's not here. I just feel like the enemy is trying to do everything he can to take out the church, and. Uh, this is our time to rise yeah. up. This is our time to shine. This is our time to do something special. And so we're going to do that as a church, and we're going to be who God's called us to be. But I have these two guys on the stage. I have Pastor Jay. For those of you that um, attend here, have been here at any point in time, Jay and Lindsay have been leading our youth program and worship for uh, right at a year. And um, this is their last Sunday with us. They feel like the Lord has led them on and uh, we want to support them and honor them in that. And so um, this, this Wednesday night will be their last youth service with us. So if you have kids in youth, make sure they're here this Wednesday to sell, tell Jay and Lindsay goodbye and uh, to celebrate them. But um, I just wanted to hear from Jay today. I wanted to talk to him. And so we first started talking about having him just share um, on Father's Day. And then as he and I started talking, we just kind of started coming up with this idea of having a couple other guys on the stage as well. Um, but one of the things, Jay, that kind of inspired me for this talk was when we were talking about today being Father's Day, you said, you know, you and Lindsay um, just celebrated a year of marriage and said, got some fears of bringing a, a kid into the world and understand that. And so what it's, so just even thinking from your perspective of what it's like to bring a child into the world in 2020 or 21, I'm not speaking that you're going to have a baby and, uh, what, you know, and, uh, but, uh. I did think it was pretty funny last year. Was it last year for your for father? Was it uh, for Christmas or whatever that your brother gave your mom a card? His brother, they're they're for his birthday. They're a joking family, and his brother didn't tell Jay and Lindsay anything about it. Just Facetimed his mom in and gave her a card that said, "Congrats, you're going to be a grandma." And everybody was like, "What?" And she was panicked. So anyway, so not yet, but sometime soon. He's worried about that. And then Jason, over here. Um, you know, ask him to share up here. Jason's not quite as young as Jay, um, if you couldn't tell. And um, Jason, though, has two kids. And I was thinking about trying to, like, say bad things about Jason because I wasn't sure who put that video together um, showing me with 
highlighted hair. You guys need to, we need to bring that back. But anyway, um, skinnier, all that. But, um, but I found out my wife did all that. And that was all her. So we will have um, a discussion later at home and take care of that. Um, she's being unruly. But uh, so anyway, I just want these guys to, I want these guys to share with you today. I wanted you to hear from them. And uh, so I just have some questions that I want to just kind of talk back and forth with these guys um, about, in your opinion, guys, um, what is the role of a Christian father? But one of the things I do want to make clear is that a father is not only somebody that's birthed a child. Yeah. I know that there are fathers in this room who you call somebody son and somebody calls you dad who you did not um, that's not your child. They're not your blood, but they mm-hmm. are your child. And so, but then I know that there's men in here that maybe their their kids are out of the house, but they're still still mentors or father figures. So, can you guys talk for just a second? And Jay, first talk um, about the role of a father and um, the role of a Christian father in today's society. How important is that? Yeah, for me personally, the the being a father as a man as a Christian, I believe, is one of the highest callings you can have as a man. You know, and we talked about this first service, but, you know, I believe, as for me, my preparation for my leadership, how, how I parent, how, how I raise up uh, the next generation starts now. It, my, my journey and, and my preparation to be a father doesn't just begin on the day uh, Lindsay has a kid and we have a kid together. I believe, you know, my leadership starts now because how can I expect to lead a child, to, to lead a family spiritually, if I can't more so lead myself spiritually yeah. or even myself and a wife. Yeah. Yeah. So I believe that spiritual preparation starts now, and there's a weight to that. Because as men, just even before fatherhood, as a man, you're already called to be a leader. So it begins there. And, and being that role of a Christian as a father, you're called to be a leader spiritually of that household. And I was blessed, and you know I, I love my father and admire him. And many times I have to find ways to tell funny stories or criticize him to bring him down from the deity-like level I put him at. And, uh, and I just love him so much. And, and, and I think about that, and I think the example he set for me, for my brothers, and, and the sacrifices he made to put me where I am today, and that's because he understood that the spiritual health of the family had to come first. Yeah. More than going to, he understood that ju- us going on a vacation wasn't going to make us better. He knew that no, there's no money he could spend, no great things he could do until he led by way of example, led by the way of his word to get our family healthy mm. spiritually. And he led by that way and he still does. And so I think for a man, what it means as a Christian, I mean, for, for anyone as a man, you're foremost called to be a leader. So whether you don't have kids or whether you're single, whatever it may be, you know, as a youth pastor, and this is something I didn't realize at first, for many kids, you know, and, and it's a heavy weight to carry, and I didn't really have this, I wasn't ready for it when I stepped into youth ministry, but for many of them, I'm the closest thing to a father figure they have. Yeah. Yeah. And that's a lot of weight to carry to, to have a conversation with the kid when they look at you looking for wisdom, looking for guidance, looking to have conversations that really a father in their life should be having, but they don't have that. So each and every one of us have men already have that call to be a leader, to be one who, who empowers other men, that strengthens them, and to bring them along with us. But most importantly, what it comes down to for a Christian man in the home to be a father or whatever it may be, whoever you're mentoring, whoever you're leading, um, it's that point of leading the way spiritually. Because growing up, I'm from the south of from North Carolina, so um, a lot for what I thought being a good father was, was that you were a manly man, you wore camo, 
You didn't wear skinny jeans. You drove a nice truck. You made sure your man held the door for women. You stood up when you shook somebody's hand. And that's what I thought being a man was because many of it was portrayed that, you know, I'm a better father because I carry myself in that way. And then the man who's maybe not as masculine by nature as I am, they're not a good father. But sometimes when you look at the fact of the matter, there's a lot of men that maybe aren't as masculine as some that lead their family a lot better than the masculine one does. Because the fact of the matter is there's a lot of masculine men today that are allowing their wives to carry their kids to church by themselves. And so when I begin to look at that and challenge that, I begin to understand it's not about what I can do, but it's about my character. Yeah. It's how I lead it. What am I, am I, am I in service and am I lifting my hands and am I praising God or am I just expecting my family to do that beside mm-hmm. me? Yeah. Yeah. And it really comes out how by example, and I, and I am just so gracious and thankful to have a father that set that example for me. So I'm able to carry that on yeah, um, to the next generation by God's grace. Yeah. So for oh. me, what you, what I get from you, it's not what I look like. It's how I lead. Absolutely. It's, um, you know, it's not about the clothes I put on my kids. And we want to be providers. We want to, we want to provide for our families. It's not about the house. It's not about the cars. It's not about the toys. I mean, and, and if we can provide that, great. You know, I mean, um, I'm not against any of that. But at the end of the day, strip all that away, am I a leader as a dad? Yeah. And I think that's really even what you're kind of aiming at there is, am I leading? But before I even lead, I've got to follow. And as a, as a Christian father, I've got to follow Jesus and then I've got to lead my family. That's good mm-hmm. stuff. Jason, same question to you. Uh, how do you see the role of a Christian father playing out today? So I, I grew up a little bit different than Jay because my dad, who I know is my dad, is not my biological father. And it was interesting how you, what you said because it's, you know, it, 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 takes, a, it takes a real man to be a father. Yeah. You know, it, um, it, it's a very, very high calling I grew up, um, the man I know is my father, um, has raised me, he's all I've ever known as a dad, along with my, with my grandpa, and my dad wasn't a believer until my junior, he didn't, he did not, he didn't know the Lord until my junior year of high school, um, and it goes back to, in Proverbs, Proverbs tells us to train up a child the way they should go, yeah. and, and when they're older, they don't stray from it, even though my dad wasn't a believer, I can tell you this much about my dad. He's always been a man of character. Yeah. Um, he's always had that. He had to be to be able to um, be my grandpa's son-in-law, uh, no doubt. But anyway, th- it, it, it just go. It proves to you because I feel I feel like I'm a character person. I try to live that out in front of my kids the best way I know how, and it's all because of how my dad raised me to always do the right thing. Um, as dads, if you guys, if you're, da- if you're like me, you know, you fail. I have failed many times. I'll probably continue to fail. Um, but I think the role of a Christian dad is to know that even when you do fail, you know, I, I, you can't be afraid to apologize. You can ask my kids. I've apologized to them several times over the years. Hey, I was wrong. I did not handle this the right way. And I think it's very important. But man, this day and age, with culture that how it influences our kids more I think more than we even know we we know everything that's going on in the world right now and everything that we see and read about and watch but I, I think there's things that we don't even know how our kids are being influenced when they're at school when they're uh, wherever they are it's very important dads very very important 
that we have just as strong as in, of influence on our kids yeah. Yeah. and just as strong as, as to be able to tell them no when it merits a no, even when it's not necessarily the popular thing to yeah. do. So, yeah. One thing you said there that really spoke to me that I want to kind of reiterate to the men is character. Character matters. Yeah. You know, and I think of that with my dad and my grandfather, both of my grandfathers, men of character, men of their word. Um, I remember growing up in Nixa, um, I remember hearing as a kid, people would come to me and say things about my grandpa Blancet, about his word and what it meant, yeah. you know, and they would say, I made deals with your grandfather without signing anything with just a handshake because yeah. I knew he would honor his word. He was a man of character, a man of integrity. And I look at men in this church and I see men of character, men of integrity. And uh, I just want to encourage you guys as men, but not only as men, as women, um, character matters, integrity yeah. matters, um, guard that, protect that. That's one of the things I try to get with our kids is that that's something, a lot of things, a lot of other things can happen, but man, just protect that, protect that as, uh, with everything you have. Cause even if you do everything to protect your character and integrity, somebody's going to attack it one of these mm -hmm. days or something. So just protect that. So just be cautious of that. Jason, another question for you. Um, a lot of things, we see a lot of things in society today, parenting, and you see good examples, you see bad examples of being a mom or being a dad. What would you say a red flag is that you see concerning um, being like a Christian father or a parent today? Yeah, um, I think that, I think that men, we're, we're so driven to succeed. We're driven to, I mean, that's, that's just kind of been in me, and I, I, I would assume, men, it's been, it's in you too to, to be able to succeed. I want to, uh, you know, I want to, I don't think, there, there's nothing wrong with wanting to have success and make money and, and, you know, climb the career ladder, what, whatever that is for you. There's not a thing wrong with that. Um, but the problem I see is we don't have that same passion. I see men, a lot of men don't have that same passion to lead their family and to lead their kids. Yeah. You know, I think of I think of David in the Bible. Who David was, he was a shepherd. He was anointed as king of Israel at a very very young age. He killed a giant. Um, the Bible says that that he was he was he was handsome. The Bible says that he was a poet. He was a writer. He was all these things and a general of an army. And then he became king. He was very driven to move up and to keep moving up. Um, but if you read the scripture, David was not that great a father. If you read about Amnon and Tamar and how he handled that situation, yeah. if you read about how Absalom, who was, who was, uh, who was Tamar's full-blooded sibling, um, how he just became enraged and what he did, how David didn't, you know, I'm not going to go into all the stories, but David didn't really handle that. He wanted to save face for the kingdom. He wanted to keep succeeding. He was a man after God's own heart, the Bible tells us, but he wasn't the greatest example of a father. He's very driven to succeed. And I want to challenge you, men, it's okay to be successful. It's okay to make money. It's okay to move up the career ladder, but make sure you're putting just as much passion and just yeah. as much yeah. drive in your kids and in your family yeah. and leading your wife and leading your kids and bring, yes, I'm going to say it and bringing them to church and, and 
because when we train up a child in the way they should go, even though that you may have disagreements with your kids and you may have, you know, there may be things that happen. You have planted a seed in their mind when they were a kid and they know that they understand that. And it'll always be in their heart of how you brought them up. You know, as you were talking, Jason, I was thinking, um, one of the, our church is, you know, around 15 years old. And as a leader, I've made some good choices. I've made some bad choices. But I think one of the greatest choices I've ever made as a leader is um, is the management team that we've put together here at our church. Yeah. And this is just kind of just as you were talking something about men that are successful, but that also invest in their family. Yeah. And sitting in this room today, um, we have three men and one lady that's on our management yeah. team. Um, Rob Buchanan, Jason Finley, Brian back, Penny back there, and Stacy here. You guys are all successful as uh, in corporate America. But one of the things I respect about you guys is not your business success. Um, that's one of the reasons I asked you to be on the management team for that wisdom. But all of you are successful as parents. Yeah. And I want to be like you when I grow up, you know? But I mean, seriously, though, I mean, you guys... You guys model that, but Jason, you model that. You do a good job of that with your kids. Um, I know my parents did a good job of that with us. Um, You know, I feel guilty sometimes as a dad because you get so tired or things like that and you don't invest. And I remember you as a dad when I was a kid. We'd come home from a long day of work and I'd say, well, you go play catch with me in the yard. I'm tired. I'm tired. But then 10 minutes later, he'd come in, where's your glove? Let's go play ball. And he'd play ball with me and just invested into me. And I just want to encourage you, just off of what Jason's saying there, dads, Jay, when you become a dad, um, but even moms, don't, be, don't get so caught up in what we accomplish and what man says about us. You know, the greatest compliment I ever want is my kids to say thank you. Mm-hmm. Thank you. You know, so I just want to throw a bonus question at you guys. This is not one that you guys have thought about or anything. But what would you say the number one thing that kids need from their dad? Jay. That's a tough question. Um, from, I would say for me, for my dad, and, and a lot of this, as I've learned, a lot of it's for each, my father, we had a conversation that he knows for each different one of his children. You have five brothers. Yeah, four, uh, five four of you total. Yeah. yeah. So he knows each one of us receive love differently, and we receive and we respond to things different ways. So he's learned and adapted to know which each one of us, how we because you could tell me, get on to me, and I get, I get in trouble, and I'll fix it right away. Cody, you could tell him six times, and it doesn't bother him. He, until it clicks for him. It Cody. doesn't make sense. Like, <laughs> Mariah, that's what you're marrying. <laughs> oh, Lord help us. But like, and he's understand. we all, but like for me, when it came to my dad, I didn't need a friend to joke around with. Yeah. I didn't need someone to be my buddy, to be my best friend. I needed um, a father. I needed yeah. that, a, a figure that I look to as someone I honor as a leader, someone I can lean into and rely on in the moments I need it. And out of that, built a friendship that, you know, absolutely, I, t- I call my dad every morning, I'll go to the gym, and I call him right after on the way home, and we talk about, you know, politics, anything possible, but it, out of that came a relationship that was first um, built on the basis of honor, it wasn't a friendship built on joking around, goofing around, and then honor came, but it, at first, and, you know, one time I was upset with my dad, and I was like, well, I don't love you anymore, he's like, you don't have to love me, 
but you will respect me. Yeah. yeah. And we had that conversation, and obviously it seems kind of harsh, and we're joking, but it set the tone of like, even the moments you're mad at me, even you're upset, we will maintain respect. Yeah. We yeah. will maintain yeah. honor. And then out of that came a relationship that for yeah. me personally, as a child, that's what I needed, which mm-hmm. grew to our healthy relationship yeah. today. That's good. Yeah, um, before good. I, Jason, before you answer, that's so true. And all of you guys, again, I, I, when, I, when I do things like this, I want you to hear their heart, but I want to drive home things they say. Um, I think something you said there is each child that you have, you parent them different. That doesn't, we don't change morals or parameters for our family, but one of the things Tosh and I have learned is our kids are parented different. Mariah was literally the easiest child in the world to parent. I mean, with her, I was like, I got this. I know exactly what it means to be a dad and just look at me. I can help you. And then Makai came along, you know, and Makai, when he was younger, he was just passive, and then Maddox came along, and he was the most hard-headed, and I remember I was sitting on an airplane coming home, I was spe- I'd been speaking somewhere, and I was sitting on an airplane by an older lady, and we were just having, and it was a rarity, because if I get on the plane, I normally put on headphones, because I don't want to talk to you, you know, but this old lady would not stop talking to me, so I'm like, okay, I have to engage in this conversation, but I felt like it was a God moment, and she looked at me about that one right there. And because I was just talking to her about him because we were struggling. And she said, if you have a hard-headed kid, she said, here's what I learned. She said, you want to tame their spirit, but don't break their spirit. And she said, you have to figure out how to parent each child different. And it clicked for me because I was trying to parent Maddox like I was Makai. And it wasn't working. And so I had to change how I parent. Kind of like you probably, Makai. I can tell him, baseball family, I can tell him, you are awful today. It was embarrassing to watch you, and he's going like, what do I need to do to get better? I can't talk to Maddox the same way. I have to parent different with each kid. That's great. Jason, what's one thing you would say that uh, kids need from parents? Um, I think the greatest, one of the greatest, there's so many things, but one of the greatest things that dads that you can do for your kids is, is to show them how much you love their mother. Yeah. And... And I understand there's different situations and there's extended families and there's, you know, I, I, I understand that. But in my family, I think the greatest thing that I've been able to do is to model, to model to Cole, this is how you treat a lady. This is how you treat a woman. And I've tried to do that with Cameron. Cameron, here's how you should expect to be treated. And, and anything short of that is just not acceptable. And I've tried to model that in front of them. We've had, we had some great conversations when we weren't in, when we weren't having church here in this building, sitting around the dinner table, um, just, you know, of, of how we parent, just some deep conversations that we really have never had and how we parent and how we process and, and, and how I, I guess I'm old fashioned now. I guess I'm um, definitely older and I do things a little bit different. Cameron tells me I, I don't dress right. Um, I'm like, I'm not 19. I, I can't dress. I cannot pull off the jeans that, that Jay wears. It just does not work for me. Um, but I think one of the greatest things you can do, Dad, is, is, is to love their mother and model that, whether you have a son or a daughter, and model that in front of them and show them this yeah. is how to treat a woman. If you have a daughter, this is how you should expect to be treated. Yeah. Yeah. I would agree with both of those. The other one I would add would be time. You can give your kids time. Every day, give yeah. them some time. 
you know, a conversation, something meaningful. Just give your kids some time. Jay, um, you talk a lot about your dad. Cody does the same thing. Um, I can tell that you guys, your dad has shaped you um, and that you guys respect him. Um, what's one thing that your dad has done that shaped you? The thing that I, I always remember about my dad, no matter if I was, did something right or wrong, you know, they encouraged when I did stuff right and, you know, disciplined when I did stuff wrong. But through the midst of that, it was never just about right or wrong. It was about affirming the man of God God had called me to be. You know, I, I thought of this story just recently. When I was younger, you know, I, I was a pastor's kid, so I always got in trouble. So we're in church, and we're playing tag. You know, pastor's kids, we did always get in trouble. We had, I remember that. I was always getting in trouble. Thanks. You just affirmed me. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, we're, we're in the gym running around. It was never justified, right? No, no. Never. <laughs> we're in the gym running around, and there's a girl running, and, and for some reason, I just felt the need to trip her. So what do I do? <laughs> Stick my foot out and trip her, and she eats it and just messes up her knee. And so first thing I do is, like, I got to get out of here. So I take off. I'm gone for, like, the next hour. And, you know, I'm at church. I'm kind of feeling out, like, my dad know I did it. Does he not? And he's fine, and everything's good. And then I get home, and I think I'm in the clear. And, nope, I'm not in the clear. I get, 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 get myself taken care of real fast. And so after that, after the, the discipline moment, um, we had a conversation. And I'll never forget it because he, he sat me down knowing I did something wrong. He talked to me, and he goes, that girl right there, you just tripped and hurt. One day, that's going to be someone's wife. Right yeah. now, that's someone's daughter and, and someone's sister. And so one day, would you want someone doing that to your wife? And as like a boy, and like honestly, I was like fifth grade, sixth grade, that just blew my mind. It totally changed the way I looked at dating. I looked at women. Because even when I started dating Lindsay or, or any relationship, and this is what I teach to middle schoolers, high schoolers, or college students all alike, and and when you're dating or whatever it may be, in those relationships, when you look at someone, that's just not a person to meet your needs for that season. Yeah. Because whether you realize it or not, and however uh, you treat another woman, that someday that's going to be someone else's yeah. you know, wife. And would you want them to treat them the way that you just did? And that yeah. just totally sh reshaped the way I thought that. But I say that to say, in all those moments, he always brought it back to affirming the man God has called me to be. Yeah. He always placed the emphasis on my calling and my purpose, because I think I've watched so much with youth students. We spend so much time celebrating them, you know, and, and, and I look back at it, and, and especially this year with COVID and graduation, we go crazy trying to make sure kids feel loved and celebrated in graduation because they feel crushed. But really, I believe as leaders and as the church, we should be coming behind them, lifting up, say, hey, your purpose isn't canceled because you didn't have a high school graduation. Yeah. Yeah. You still have a calling. You yeah. still have a plan. That's you good. still have a purpose. And if you don't get to walk this stage, that does not discount you from the rest that God has for your life. Yeah. And good. I know, and celebrations are great. We just went to a party yesterday, and we love it. But I think is, is just as the American church, we failed at that sometimes in this culture that we spend so much time trying to raise and celebrate them. And, you know, I told this story last service, and we were out. I was young. I was playing baseball. And this is the moment. This was forever ingrained in my head. I'm on a team, and pop-up gets hit the second base and you know I'm playing first and the kid catches it and everybody goes wild all the teammates are giving a high five for catching a fly ball we get in the car after the game we're like I'm like dad wasn't that just great and he's like don't ever do that again and I'm like well I'll celebrate my teammate he's like that's his job he's supposed to catch a fly ball in baseball if you're at second base your job is to catch a fly ball 
You know, like if a plumber came into my house and fixed my toilet, I wouldn't be clapping for him and throwing a party for <laughs> doing his job. And I think back to those moments, and it's like we, we celebrate things. And so and I watch so many young people when they get older and through the process of college, they get to that moment, and they've been built up, and they've been celebrated. And, and not from the point that my parents didn't celebrate us, but they always were honest with us. They always made sure, like, hey, you need to work here. You need to improve here. And you watch kids. The moment they fail, they feel as if they lost all purpose. Yeah. They feel as if that just their whole world's crumbling down because in the midst of all the celebrating, we lost the aspect of affirming who God is in their life, yeah. who they have been called to be, that they're a child of God. Because yeah. the reality is, you know, so there's a, I, I know my kid's probably going to grow up one day and probably not get a job. But I don't want that to be the end of it for him. He's going to grow up and trip a girl. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> hopefully not. doesn't trip any girls. <laughs> but, you know, and, and that's what uh, something my, my mom always said, and I, and I love this. And she said this consistently over me as I wrap this up. But she said, you know, I never pray that my kids are just exempt from all the world's problems. Yeah. Because she's like, I know they're going to experience trial. I know they're going to experience pain. But I play, pray in the midst of that that they aren't timid that they aren't fearful, but they simply realize that the God is in them is so much greater than it. Yeah. Because many times, we, you know, as parents and as leaders, like to the youth students, I wish every day they go out into their schools, they wouldn't have to deal with the stuff they deal with. But all I can do is pray that, God, would you rise up a, a powerful leader than that the enemy fears, that the world fears. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that's what my parents did for me. Yeah, that's good. I remember, really good. Jay, I remember um, my parents, my dad would told me, when he would go to spank me, we don't do that anymore, you know, we don't really do that much anymore, and, but I remember he would tell, tell me things like, this is going to hurt me more than it hurts you, and I never understood that until I had to spank my own child, you know, I do remember one time, he probably doesn't remember this, but I told him, I said, why don't you let me have the belt and let me hit you and see how much it hurts, <laughs> but that didn't go so well, but anyway, but, but uh, I did try that again, yeah, make spanking great again, but anyway, but, um, <laughs> Anyhow, that was from Jay, hashtag, but anyway, but, uh, but no, I was, but as you were talking there, I was, that discipline that they gave us, it didn't feel good, um, but it does train you, and it makes me even think of the message from last Sunday about Laodicea, when he says, those I love, I discipline. Mm -hmm. um, dads, if you love your kids, bring them discipline. We don't have to be harsh. We don't have to be hateful. We don't have to be rude. We don't have to be violent. Bring discipline. We can bring discipline with the word. You know, I've seen it in my own kids. I've seen it from me or from Tasha. I've seen it in other people. Sometimes all you need to do is just look at your child and they know, uh-oh, I'm in trouble. I didn't have to say anything. I didn't have to be violent. I just had to just have a moment. I, could, I, remember, I remember that Brian could look at Andrew across the room and I knew. I, I got scared. You know, I was like, oh, Lord, my butt's <laughs> going to hurt. But anyway, but uh, no, um, Jason, one more question, just even for you. And this is another curveball. But I, I said at the beginning, you don't have to have blood to be a dad. You talked about your dad. But I want to I throw something to maybe some of these guys that, um, maybe have some stories like you or something like that. But you talk a lot about your grandpa. Mm -hmm. Your grandpa raised you. 
I mean, you were with your, you're, you're, you lived with your parents and things like that, but you were, you were with your grandpa, and you traveled with your grandpa, and he taught you how to work and the value of life and all that. And Paul Moore was, he was a man's man. And I was thinking about him. What would you maybe say to some of these guys out here that maybe their kids are grown out of the house, maybe they've just got a grandson that they're investing in? Mm-hmm. What would you maybe say to one of these dads that's investing in their grandson or something? You know, I, I look across this room and I see guys that their kids are out of the house, but they're grandpa. What could you maybe say to one of them? Hmm. Yeah, I was I was extremely close to my to my grandpa, and he was he was um, they definitely broke the mold when they made him. If some of you in the room knew who he was, um, but I would say to those of you who um, maybe your kids are um, grown up and you have grandkids, but I'm telling you that the, the, the percentages, if you look at a, a child who doesn't have a father in the home or who is in a broken family, I, I don't, I don't want to profile every one of those kids, but the percentages and the trends show that it, it's going to be a lot tougher for them as they grow up, as they, as they, um, um, as they go through life. Um, I don't want to get into the, any statistics or anything like that, but I can tell you that because of my grandpa, no doubt in my mind, I am who I am today. Yeah. No doubt. And it's because there was a man in my life that showed me the value of hard work, that showed me the value. He, he, was, he had a seventh grade education. He never graduated school. And he grew up in the Great Depression and had nothing. He used to tell me stories of how his mom would sweep their dirt floor in their, in their house. And... Um, um, but he 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 did pretty well for himself as a as a as a land developer and a home builder, and I would tell you out there that if you have a, a grandson or, or or a granddaughter in your life that you can invest in that you can maybe maybe it's a maybe they're not even related to you maybe it's a, a niece or a nephew um, the value of the words you can the words that you say to them. And because they, you have to understand, they may not get to hear those words at their house. They may actually, if, you know, the, the Bible tells us that the power of life and death lies within the tongue. The words that those kids hear, I think of some of the kids that, that would come here for an after-school program that have probably never heard the words, you know, maybe I care for you or I love you or it's constant criticism. The words that we can say hold the power of life and death with that child. Yeah. And, and there's no doubt in my mind that because of my grandpa, I'm, I am what I am today, and I'm doing what I am doing today. I would even say um, you are in church today because your grandpa. Because no your mom or no your doubt. dad, you said earlier, your dad didn't go to church until you were a junior in high yeah. school. But your grandparents took you to church. Absolutely. And uh, I know that that's probably, my parents probably regret that day that your grandparents brought you to their <laughs> church when you were 12 and found my sister. But anyway, but... Um, but no, you're, you know, I just wanted to say that because I feel like in this service specifically, there's some of you um, that maybe your kids are raised and your grandpa, um, I just want to encourage you, um, invest in them spiritually. Yep. Um, you can still play a role there. Yep. You can still shape somebody spiritually, even if you're not their dad. Um, so anyway, hey, thanks. Let's give it up for our panel today. Thank you guys so much.
Thank you so much for joining us. Special thanks to those of you who give to this ministry. It's because of you that this ministry is possible. You can check out the link in the description to give or visit destinychurch.me give. Don't forget to subscribe and share with your friends. We love you and have a blessed week.